When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome again to another edition of Big Chris Live, the live stream and then the podcast. You can subscribe on all the usual podcast places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, of course, DeanBlundell.com, our podcast network host. And thank you for those who are tuning in live to the live stream via Twitter, via YouTube, and also via Facebook on the Big Chris Radio Facebook fan page. And this episode, as all episodes are, brought to you by our partners and friends at RetroCat Gaming. You can play over 8,000 games from more than 15 of your favorite retro gaming systems, all on one handheld device, retrocat.ca forward slash Big Chris Live. Use Chris with a K and use the promo code Big Chris Live as well for $10 off. From Ontario right to your door. Shop online today at retrocat.ca or choose same day pickup in the GTA. Retrocat.ca. Let's get nostalgic. All right, let's get on with the show, as they say. I'm going to move him over to the screen behind me now. Please welcome to the podcast, John Angus McDonald of the Trues. Hello. Hello, Chris. How you doing? Great to have you back hey. on, man. You still go by Big Chris? Yeah, I know. Because you're not, you're not quite you're not as big <laughs> as you once were. So are you small Chris, medium Chris? Regular, regular size Chris. Regular Chris. Uh, Chris yeah. with a K. I think I'm still big. I, I think I was just venti sized, like at Starbucks before. Right, right. Now so I'm just now you're regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tall. <laughs> yeah, tall. That's it. Yeah, tall Chris. Tall Chris. We opened right. up uh, the podcast with a shot of. Uh, of me in studio with you, you conducting me. That was the yeah. recording session for uh, Highway of Heroes. And also shout out to yeah. Eric Kilpatrick. He was the other piper in the studio that day. What a fond memory, man. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of pictures or anything from that session. It was kind of maybe just before we all had cameras on our phones. I don't know. But I don't have much uh, of a catalog of that session, um, which proved to be a pretty important session, you know, in hindsight, yeah. um, just seeing how the song, you know, how it went on to do. And um, I, you know, being from Antigonish, Nova Scotia, I know about like 50 to 100 pipers in yeah. Nova Scotia. Uh, but of course, the song was recorded in Toronto. I don't know a whole lot of pipers in the GTA, certainly didn't in 2009 or whenever that was. Yeah. And you and I had, we jammed on stage. We'd done Long Way to the Top. We'd done some other fun bagpipe stuff. We have a song called Can't Stop Laughing with some bagpipes. So I called you up and I think within... You drove down. You were still in Kingston then, right? Yeah, that was. I mean, I was in Kingston like five times. I've worked in every right. radio, every radio property in Kingston. I've worked at, and then yeah. at that time, I was working for the Canadian Forces actually. So That's right. that was my That's right. three and a half, four year hiatus with the mission in Afghanistan. So it made perfect sense for me to get involved with that song too. It was yeah. like everything just lined up perfectly. It was great synergy, and and we really appreciate you coming down. You brought one of your students with you, and. Uh, 
we multi-tracked you for those who don't know it's it's making it's taking chris and his uh, the other piper and turning them into like 30 pipers just by doing yeah. it over and over again yeah. so it sounds like uh you know the scots are coming down the hill during the war or yeah. something you know yeah uh but anyway it turned out really great and what a fond memory and, and photographic evidence you'll have to send me that i will yeah definitely i'll, I'll pass it on to you uh, after the fact and then the other thing i remember about that day i will admit this uh i was not um I was not playing a lot during that time. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I remember just really struggling. I promise my rhythm is a lot better. You were conducting me because I was having trouble getting right. the rhythm of it all. And well, it's an interesting session because we didn't have a pipe. We didn't have a drum band either. Yeah. So we, t we turned you and the other piper into – what's his name again? Sorry, Eric. I just forgot his name. Eric was his name. You and Eric, we turned into like – we turned you guys into 30 pipers, but we turned just like me and Jack and Colin and Sean and, you know, a bunch of guys with snare drums. We turned ourselves into a drum band. So yeah. it was all done very haphazard. And it's it's kind of cool that it ended up sounding so legit and credit to Gordy Johnson, who produced the session and everything yeah. else. Uh, but it, the whole thing was kind of cobbled together uh, in an interesting manner. But uh no, no apologies needed, man. I okay. think it turned out awesome. I just remember struggling. Like we took about, I think I was, I had between and Eric, the younger player, he he had, he was like a one take wonder. And then I had my take up and I'm like, ah, I was panicking. I'm not used to playing with a click track and I was freaking uh, out. Right, and, right, right. But I, no, no sweat. I, but now that I've lived here in the GTA for the last four and a half years, I built a bagpipe dojo in the basement of my house. Okay. And, and uh, I also uh, uh, have, um, uh, like I've just been taking lessons once a week. I've been Great. really playing bagpipes like like crazy, man. So it's uh, awesome. it's cool to connect with you. I'm just gonna fix something right behind me here on the screen. I forgot to uh, change my uh, my view here. That's why we're live. Uh, hang on, twist my neck around. I'm gonna get rid of my view, and we're just gonna go gallery. And I'm gonna delete my. All right, everybody, we're back. There we go. Cool. All right, there we all go. Right. It's all John Angus on the screen now. We didn't need, oh, okay. we didn't oh, need no two pressure. versions of me. That's just too much of this <laughs> face, man. Um, but let's talk about that's that's the, that's obviously one of your big songs. I've got the gold record up that you guys presented me a few years back. Uh, it's up on the wall here in the studio. We're in so tight you can't see it. But um, you know, I, I I like I say, it set me up for years of coolness. Uh, from years to come, but uh, let's talk about what's going on right now with the truce. There's a new single. It dropped on Friday. I want to play, and yeah. I it kind of actually uh, it answered just watching the music video and listening to the lyrics. Kind of answered my first question, which was, "So, how was your pandemic?" <laughs> uh, I guess the song kind of said it all. It was long, yeah, long and anxious, and. Uh, frustrating and I, I don't think we're alone in any of those feelings but it was certainly uh you know it, it kind of ripped our livelihoods from under our from under us and, and and so many people like us performers and entertainers and road crews and bus drivers and and the guys that haul the rigs on the trucks and everybody's just kind of out of work suddenly and uh and in the background there's this deadly pandemic going around so it was a, a very uh, a huge collision of 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 you know anxieties and frustrations and yeah. and out came the song uh, as a result so uh, i guess that's the silver lining <laughs> yeah and you know it, it, you have to find those silver linings right uh during these yeah. times so was there any other silver linings other than being able to get a new song which is awesome by the way i want to play you. you can find it on all the usual uh streaming services um any other silver linings yeah i mean the time with the family you know mm -hmm. i have two two young sons and and um 
my my seven year old who's he's doing online school right now, but you know when he was about two three years old, like my youngest is, I was on the road, you know, like uh, at least half the year. And now, you know, my younger son, who's two and three this last year, I've been home every day and, and mm. getting to do story time and dinner nice. and all that kind of stuff. And it's not normal for me to be, or our family to, for me to be around that much. So uh, that's been like kind of a nice uh, surprise and um, a very welcome time for bonding and playing yeah. and all this kind of great stuff. That's great. Uh, you know, at the same time, it's like, it's also like, it's just a di- the dynamic of our family is such that I, I have kind of consistently gone away. So uh, for other things, I'm sure they're just annoyed to have me around. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, but the, yeah, that's a silver lining for me. Yeah. And for me, the silver lining has been uh, I was uh, able to uh, father a child. We we got pregnant Amazing. over the pandemic and and we just congratulations. Our, thanks, man. Yeah. She's uh, a week and a half old now. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I know it's it's and she's grandma's here, uh, and she took her out for a stroll, so there was no interruptions for the podcast. Here. I was gonna say, what do you? How how are you doing this? But yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you need help at that those young ages, man. Those that's, those are yeah. tough times. Well, and first time dad at forty too. I mean, that's uh, you know a, a lot of my friends in their twenties did all this, uh, you know, and now here I am doing it, and I'm like, oh man, I'm even wearing like this elbow brace right now. Like I think, yeah, I'm, yeah. like I'm LeBron I, LeBron James or something. <laughs> what happened? What, what, did you fall over? Or? Nothing, just carrying the, the car seat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it, that's it. Uh, what, are you, but, so, in, but when you're 40, I turned 40 this year, I, I think we're a little better at sleeping less than we were in our 20s. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the main thing. You just sleep a lot less. And I think I'm better equipped for that now than I was in my in my 20s where I just slept until 11 all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I felt like the older you get, the less you sleep anyway. So maybe that's a silver lining. Our drummer, Chris, had pandemic twins wow. for the first time in his early 40s. Awesome. Um, and it was like, it's been it's been real. I mean, they're wonderful and adorable and blessings in his life. But like the, the day-to-day is like, whew. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. got he, he's got two elbow braces. Yeah, yeah, he's got double double duty there, right? Double trouble, man. It's crazy, but he's doing great, and they're about to turn a year, I guess, in May. So yeah, like they, right at the beginning, you know. Um, I, ho- I hope everything went well with the birth, and you were able to be close by and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was able to be in the in the hospital room, like, and great. and it ended up in a C section, if you can believe it. My wife went through twenty four hours of labor, which then wow. ended with the C section. So that she's sounds been... familiar, man. That happened oh, yeah. to us first time around. Wow. Oh, yeah, man. And I know. I, I know exactly what you went through. It's not not easy. And and I couldn't leave the room. That's the other thing too. Like the go to. I'd had other dads give me the advice, like, yeah, the go to when you're in there. If you're running out of like encouraging words to say, just go get ice chips. That's the thing to do. But yeah, because yeah. of the pandemic, we had to be quarantined inside the room. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go for wow. ice chips. I just, you know, I remember sleeping on the little tiny uh, like pull out chair thing that they have in the room and, yep. and waking up at 2.30 in the morning. And I was kind of half out of it. And I just remember the nurse saying, OK, it's time now. And I woke up and I was like. Oh, was I dreaming or did I, did I hear you say it's time to start pushing? And she says, no, it's time for the C-section. <laughs> I was right. like, oh, geez. But oh, man, that's identical to my to our first experience. It ended wow. in a, an emergency section and it was all crazy. Mind you, there wasn't a global pandemic at the time. It was seven years ago. But yeah, but yeah I, know what, I know what you lived through. It's, yeah. uh, it's wild. Yeah, but luckily everything panned out okay, and and uh, you know my wife's bouncing back from the uh, from the C-section not too bad. Nana good. being here has been great to take the take the pressure off her as well, um, so that's good. What was it like? Uh, you know, and I've asked other guests this as well, Paul, Paul Langlois too. You know, like what was it like 
having kids, you said it was obviously you were used to sleeping in, but like you had your, your kids seven years ago. Uh, like what was it? That, that was, you know, touring, recording, the cycle, the album cycle. Uh, yeah. What was it like having kids then? Hectic, obviously. Well, I was kind of like, we were a bit idealistic in that like, and it kind of worked out, you know, it goes to show anything is possible, but my wife and I kind of felt like we could merge, my, you know, our family life with my road life. And, and mm. we really did a lot of that, a lot more with Elliot than we ended up doing with Isaac, who's my second. Um, but like he came on tour with us, like he came on, he did three weeks in the States when he was three months old. Nice. And we just followed the bus. Like we drove our own vehicle because we had to keep our own schedule because we yeah. were getting up at like five in the morning and all this kind of crazy stuff. But we just, we like sort of merged the two as much as we could to like varying degrees of success. Like, you know, some things were harder than others and some things were harder on him and some things were harder on us, but it, it worked out okay. Um, mm. You know, I, the, the biggest thing is just not being physically present for them. Um, yeah. And that's pretty important in those early years. So, um, you know, I, but I'm not alone. Like all the musicians that have done it have, have figured out ways to make it work. And and at the same time, Elliot loves what dad does and he loves his, his nice. band uncles, you know, Bunkles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, so does Isaac now. And they, they love coming to shows. They love being at the soundcheck and raiding the rider and uh, being on the bus and, and everything about it. And they love listening to music. So that's perfect. I feel like, you know, it's it's just... It's just what it was our circumstances to deal with. And, and a lot of people have different, different, you know, sort of struggles or, or, or circumstances. And yeah. for us, we just sort of made it work. Yeah. I, you know, I think about where I was at 10 years ago in my 20s or early 30s. And I'm like, I don't think I could have had kids. I really, you know, I think I'm at, at my age 40, I've matured enough. I've, I've battled the demons, you know, whether it's mental health or I, like you said, I dropped all that weight, like 120, <laughs> 130 pounds, you know, and, and, and yep. I feel like I'm best equipped now to be a father and, yep. and, and it wouldn't have worked as well back then. Right. And everything happens for a reason. Yeah. 100%. I, I, I think, I think you're 100% right to, to, um, there's never a, a good or a bad time, you know. I'll, I'll preface by saying that because some people yeah. do have babies early on in their twenties and they do just fine. Mm -hmm. But I think in my case, I, I needed to do some growing. You know, I was 33, I think 32 or 33, and I, I felt I felt in hindsight, it, it I seemed ready enough. You know, there was still some yeah. challenges and there was still some things I had to learn. But um, but I, I but 10 years before that, forget about it. I wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been right for me. Yeah, I remember too. One of my first, if not my first, John Angus, and you probably won't remember because I barely remember it too. One of my first interviews was you in rock radio, uh, okay. probably 2001, 2002. The single was Tired of Waiting. And yeah. you guys uh, you guys were on a, 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 a list of bands in Cornwall, Ontario with Default, High Holy Days, yeah. Yeah. Thornley. And yeah. it's like, I, I think I look at that thing and I'm like, oh. Only Ian Thornley and you guys are still around. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. It's, yeah. uh, but I remember that time, and I remember yeah. you. I don't remember that specific interview, uh, but I remember that. I remember touring with those bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we were we were playing about two hundred shows a year yeah, in wild. those days. We would just play everywhere, you know. So so a lot of it is a bit blurry. Um, yeah. But of course, I, I remember hanging out. I was on your you bus, yeah, doing some stuff, yeah. It's all hard that to, stuff. Hard yeah. to forget me when I was pushing like five hundred pounds. I was four fifty, I think, at my four fifty six or something at my largest, right? So wow, wow. Yeah, at least. So how'd you? How'd you? I mean, I don't want to digress too oh, much yeah, here, yeah. but how, how'd you do it? Like, how'd you? How did you manage that? Well, I. If you don't mind talking about oh, it, I know we're live. 
live, so yeah, I'll, just shut I, me, shut me down. If no, you want man, to. it's okay. We, we, I listen. Uh, you know, Nanny's got uh, Blair upstairs, and and we're good. But uh, yeah, okay. no, we're uh, yeah. So the story is, and I've detailed this on, on again on the audio episodes uh, previous to the video version of this podcast. But yeah, I I did isogenics which is, uh, you know, it's one of those trendy, uh, you know, a shake diet things. So for dinner, it's a hypoglycemic type diet where I'm just eating vegetables, uh, preferably chicken or fish. But, you know, I can do beef if I want, um, you know, and then during the day, it's two shakes for breakfast and, and lunch to to these specialty shakes that they, they, they sell you. That's not too bad. That's still an, uh, enough food, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I trust me, when you're that large, there's a food addiction happening. You're addicted to the sugar, you're addicted to the right. fat, you're addicted to the McDonald's or the whatever, right? right? The takeout. Right. But once I was able to flush that out of my system and let my stomach shrink a little bit, uh, yeah, man, like, I mean, I love quinoa stir fries. I love vegetables. I love it all. And, uh, yeah. and, and the energy that I get from it, from losing that much weight, like I have so much energy now to do so many other things with my day. It used to be that doing morning radio, you'd wake up at 3.30 and then you'd come home and you'd have to sleep all day, get up, stuff your face and then go back to bed. Now I can stay sure. up all day. I can do podcasts sure. with you. I can hang out with my daughter. I can be, yeah. be there for my family, right? So, yeah. And how long very... ago? How long ago was that? Was that like, was that ten years ago now? No, I lost the weight at thirty-four, or I started okay. isogenic at thirty-four. So by thirty-five, I dropped one hundred and twenty. And wow. uh, yeah, and and I can confidently wear shirts that have horizontal stripes outside of the house. I don't have to shop at stores that end with big and tall anymore. Right, right, yeah, right, it was right. quite a win. Well, man. good man. I mean, yeah. like you said it though with the with the the change in diet. Like I think the Simpsons made a joke about if people figure out the correlation between eating well and feeling better, we're finished. You know, yeah. some kind of fast food <laughs> joke. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I've been doing this diet for like over a year. I, I messed my back up. I had a surgery over oh, the wow. summer. Um, I've had a bad back my whole life, but it kind of came to a head as I approach 40. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, ju- you can't too, get a sleeve ju- too, for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many kick drums. Um, I basically usually throw my back twice a year. I'm laid up for a week and I move on. But last February, just like two months, a month and a half before the pandemic, um, I threw it and it just didn't get better. It, it just didn't get better. Mm. Then the pandemic happened. Then we moved houses. So the stress was building. Uh, I'm sure that's not unrelated, but um, – it just got worse and worse and worse and worse until July. I collapsed at home, got pulled out in an ambulance, wow. and they went in. They went in that night and uh, shaved off some bone from my spine, took out some disc, and I was laid up in hospital for like a week. But I want to bring up that to say mm-hmm. I do this diet, and I've been doing it for about a year because I can't really exercise anymore. Where I, I do mm-hmm. the intermittent fasting thing, yep. where I eat in cycles of eight hours, and I've been doing that for over a year now, and. I, again, for me, it's energy. Like I find, like I, for it, what, for whatever reason, it keeps me on a steadier energy than yeah. you know snacking all the time or constantly having your body digesting processing food or whatever. something. Yeah, yeah, I do exactly. I do cleanse days too. That's the other thing. Although not so much lately because the last cleanse day I had, it fires me up. It doesn't calm me down. It gives me like crazy energy because you're are fasting. you fasting entirely? Yeah, you're fasting and drinking uh, drinking a lot of water, like two, three, four liters of water per day. And yeah. drinking just this berry juice like three times a day that, that wow. flushes you out, right? Um, I find it's great for my gut biome, if you will, yeah. your bacteria. 
yeah. but it gets me uh, fired up, and it depends. It, it's hard to d- dictate how that fired up is going to play out. So my wife's most recent comment, I was like, ah, I should probably do a cleanse day this week. And she said, I don't want you on a cleanse day. I'm like, why not? She's like, the last time you had a cleanse day, you yelled at your boss on the phone and told him to F off. And I'm, oh, <laughs> I was yeah, like, all right. mm, okay, maybe it's a little too fired up, too much what about What about the sauce? Are you on or off? Is that part of your thing? I can, yeah, I, I still have a drink here and there. Uh, right. It's certainly not, uh, like, again, it's sugar, right? So I know that, that, that booze is sugar and that that's right. going to have consequences down the line, right? But luckily, yeah. you know, I did dry out for a little bit and only enough to find out that it wasn't a problem. It was, yeah. you know, it was that it wasn't something that I needed to cut out entirely and that I could mm-hmm. moderate it casually in a social setting and it wasn't a problem, right? Um, uh, totally, man. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I I finally did a month. I, you know, I, I've done five days. I've done tours. I've done like a week on tours. Something yeah. like we're just testing your boundaries. But January 2020, I decided I wouldn't drink in January. 31 days, longest I've done. You know, um, and I think I, a lot of things. Like I felt great for two weeks, and then the the last two weeks, I was like, oh, you know, a lot of things I was maybe chalking up to booze is just like what's going on in my head anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, th- things I would blame on a hangover, or just like, oh, maybe I just had to work on my anxiety or some or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then I realized I'd be able to reintroduce it, and then we had the pandemic, and I was like, I wasted a whole month. I could have been going out, <laughs> and uh, you know, if I had only known I'd be home for a year or more, yeah, I would have picked a different time. Yeah, uh, I do recommend it. I recommend that that test testing yourself to see if uh, if it is a problem and and what how it's influencing you. Yeah, for sure. And and that's funny because uh, after the start of the year, I did have a resolution, but it wasn't regarding booze. It was regarding cannabis, and it wasn't so much how much of it or whether I was or not. It was more so the the device that I was using. I I quit the bong. I quit smoking uh, out of a bong because wow. I mean, listen. It stinks. It smells. It sits in the corner. You it's never a lot of smoke. Yeah, it, it stinks up the garage. You know. Anyways, I'm on the vape now. So far, so good. What is it? April the 27th today. So, are uh, you a daily a daily smoker? Well, yesterday, no, I didn't smoke at all yesterday. Uh, okay. Because again, or or vape or whatever. But because you know, I'm busy. I got a baby, and I'm not going to be you know vaping in one hand and swaddling in the other like i'm not that dad you know what i mean like yeah my wife reads this blog i think it's called ganja moms and she's like you know ganja mom says it's okay i'm like no it's not okay it's fine yeah 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 Uh, well it's kind of it's just kind of mixing your uh mixing your moods a bit you know because it it got to kind of be hyper vigilant with with especially when they start moving around you know like if they're then and being for me being baked doesn't lend itself to hyper vigilance yeah no for sure it doesn't you know i still am amazed at ross ribliati the snowboarder and i'm like holy shit he won a gold medal on weed uh, like that's crazy sh- should have been a platinum medal <laughs> yeah right yeah. um immediately uh i had this poll on my twitter earlier john angus uh well twitter and facebook and uh i asked people to guess as to who my guest was today uh and this is the wording that I had, and it was, I've got the guitar player from one of the most consistently great Canadian rock bands of the last 20 years on the podcast. Any guesses as to who it might be? Immediately, well, immediately people guess John Angus from The Truce. Wow. And that's... I, I guess that confirms it. You guys are consistently great. <laughs> well, thanks for framing it that way. Um, I, we sure appreciate it. We appreciate 
our our fans for consistently showing up. Well, that helps <laughs> that's, too. That's, yeah. that, that's the part that really blows us away. And um, you know, we we have fans that have seen us two hundred times, and we really don't take that for granted. And, and again, you ask about silver linings of the pandemic. Um, we all had to get tech savvy. You know, here I am yeah. with an audio interface and a webcam and a yeah. mic for my online thing. And you know, if if I if it asked me to do this a year and a half ago, I wouldn't know where to start. Uh, but this has become the only way for us to connect with the outside world and our fans. Colin's been live streaming almost weekly for people yeah. on our Facebook and Instagram, um, and, and and people have really. Um, stayed in contact and stayed, you know, there's a two way street of communication going on with our fans. Thanks to social media. So that's kind of been a bit of a silver lining too. Yeah. Uh, and it was that my next question was what's the secret, but that's the secret, the fans, right? But the fans is the secret. You do have to like really keep work. You have to stay focused on your music. And um, because that is the prime mover of the relationship. I mean, if we I think if you're turning out crap, then people would find somebody else to listen to pretty quick. And um, so we really do try to work really hard on the music when it's time to do that as well. When we have an album coming up, we try to write as much as we possibly can. We try to be self-critical about, you know, how an idea can be better. We welcome outside feedback um, from producers and trusted, trusted sources and that kind of thing. Uh, because I think that that, you know, you start to think, you start to believe your own press, you know, that, that mm -hmm. we couldn't possibly turn out a, a dud, but of course anybody's capable of that. So, so we try to like, uh, keep a high bar when it's just us working in a room and in the studio. And then when you go out and you're live, then just to have fun. Cause I think that at the end of the day, that's, um, that's what that is. That's, that's fun for people. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's, you know, we try to create that environment. The new song, I want to play sweet guitar solo. You're doing the taps and everything on there. Like that was for Eddie. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, was that an Eddie Van Halen thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I was born in 1980. So by the time yeah. I was uh, early teens, it was grunge. Like the world had moved on from tapping. So I never really learned that style uh, slash and, Kirk Cobain and Peter Buck and even like Noel Gallagher. I liked these guys. I, I, I missed the hair metal of the 80s. Um, so I never really learned that style. Uh, but we were writing the song. We wrote it in September. We were demoing it in October. And while we were demoing it up here in my, my attic, I have a little studio that I, I built up here. He, I, I, somebody mentioned that he had passed away. And I was, it kind of gutted me, you know, that because yeah. it was so unexpected. I mean, I guess people that followed him knew he was sick, but I, I sort of wasn't following. And um, I just deep dived into how amazing he was and how, how much he influenced the instrument. I mean, like there's very few players that changed the course of an instrument. Yeah. You know, Hendrix did it and Eddie Van Halen did it. And like Les Paul did it uh, for the electric guitar, but very few others like really changed the whole course of it, you know what yeah. I mean? With their style. So it kind of blew me away. And um, it happened the week we were demoing. I want to play. And I was like, you know what? I've never tapped if I'm going to ever tap on a record, it's going to be in tribute to Eddie, you know, and, and everything awesome. he did for the guitar. And, yeah. and it was done in earnest. Like I wasn't trying to be, um, like I've heard Weezer do it and, and it kind of feels like they're being ironic or something. Everything uh, Weezer does, it seems that it's sort ironic. of an ironic or a play yeah. on something. Yeah. Yeah. We toured with them once and they were, they were good guys, but yeah. I, but sometimes when I hear it, I'm thinking like, are they being facetious? I can't tell. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I did it as an honest to goodness tribute to one of the greatest guitar players that ever lived and yeah. just another tragic kick in the gut that was 2020 2021 yeah. um you know because the, the real the thing that kind of makes me upset is to think that like some of these great guys toots hibbert and john prine who who died from the virus and then eddie van halen who died from cancer but still they spent their last years not being able to go play for people or 
like just hold up at yeah. home, you know, yeah. and that's not anybody's fault, but it sure is kind of sad, you know? So, um, if, if there's some small way to pay tribute to such a legend, then I, I tried to do it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And, and I will say though, it is my second favorite John Angus guitar solo next to first record fleeting trust. I still love that solo for some reason, man. Thank you. The way yeah, it comes in, it's, it's great. Yeah. Man. It's, it's, got it's that. a little bit, a little bit more Angus young in that one. Yeah. Then. I was going to say, yeah, there's the, yeah, there's, there's a different, an Angus of a different sort. Yeah, that, exactly. Well, yeah. I love him too. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm so glad also uh, that you wore a hat cuz uh, every time I see an Instagram, you're just like, "Yeah, you've got the you've got the best hat game. Your hat game is always on point. What Thank makes you. a great hat? Where do you shop?" Well, this is I should plug they're called Coup de Tête and his signature is that little Cut. branding mark yeah. cut that he does um but he does custom stuff he's out of toronto a guy named jay um but coup de tete you know just it's the french phrase you can google it mm-hmm. if you want to look into his stuff it's it's really great um yeah i don't know i i just uh i don't know what makes a great hat i mean i, I you have to feel good in it i think yeah that's the main thing especially if you're going to perform in it you can't feel insecure or uh, yeah. self too self-conscious like a mustache uh, you know you, you, you gotta own it yeah the mustache can't wear you you have to wear the mustache same with a hat i, think. I tried wearing a mustache and it definitely wore me so <laughs> I, need, I need i need the balancing act but well i like i remember the beard too you had the big kind of beard for a while too that yeah. was a good look yeah I, st- I stopped doing that when they started turning a little bit gray uh, i stopped growing <laughs> them out so far <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, you know. Yeah, well, I'm nice and clean shaven today for the same reason. I started to yeah. notice a few little things, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna gonna take yeah, that exactly. down a bit. Uh, lastly, a uh, couple of th- more things here. We're gonna wrap this up in a few here, John Angus. But uh, revive the rose. You've been doing some producing. I remember too, and and I don't know if ever anyone knows this, but some of the early Glorious Sun stuff, uh, you you helped produce that stuff. And now you're in with revive the rose. I was just uh, checking out their new single too. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, but production for me started out as like, um, you know, me in my band, I would be the guy that was asking the producer all the questions and yeah. like annoying him sitting right next to him at the chair. As Soaking he it in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that led to like a natural curiosity to want to do it. Um, so around the time of, of our 2014 record, the Glorious Sons were one of the first bands really that I took into the studio. I met them. They were opening for us in Barrie. And I was like, hey, you guys – ever work with a producer and they're like what's a producer (laughs) so this was like very early days for them they were still you know jamming in the garage they had no sort of industry connections yet and so i took them in the studio we did mama and that was the first time they'd ever been in a studio It was one of my first times ever producing and that song went in the top 10 and it's still sort of one of their you know most loved kind of tunes so that led to me doing the ep and then the first record and then that sort of opened a lot of doors because the band subsequently did so well that a lot of people would call me up and uh, and want to work. So I've done quite a lot of stuff in the last like six or seven years. And then, yeah, yeah the, the Revive the Rose is just one of the more recent ones. We uh, Beginning in 2020, we cut those songs. And there's going to be a couple more come out. They're, they're a great band from Welland, Ontario. Awesome. Well, shout out to Revive the Rose and shout out to the Glorious Sons. Boys. I love those guys. We, we still talk, you know, I still talk to the boys often, you know, we exchange texts. I drove out to see Brett in uh, September. We worked on some music and, you know, uh, 
big love for those guys. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I always got great things to say about Brett, especially he still to this date has made the most appearances on this podcast. When I was Good. living in Kingston, I would just get like a random text and he'd be like, hey man, I'm just walking down Princess Street. You want to do a podcast? And he'd just show up with a guitar with like a piece of Baylor twine on the guitar like wrapped over his shoulder. And he'd just yeah. come up and be like, I just wrote this song and can I perform it on your podcast? I'm like, yes, you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the real deal, man. Yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about him as a songwriter he's yeah he's 100 percent legit yeah and uh chris coster now with the glorious sons i was talking to chris the other day he's going to be on an upcoming podcast he just wants to he's working on some solo material so he wants to get that together before he uh, comes back on the pod and he wants to have something to talk about and promote but uh right. always love hanging and, and chatting i'm glad we've reconnected it's been a while i think the last time i saw you was at the horseshoe tavern but there was a hockey game on so you know you got to respect <laughs> the canadiana of the toronto Maple yeah, Leafs, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. You following this year? Not at all, man. I've been following the Raptors, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, yeah, which, uh, man, they smoked Golden State a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's been an exciting couple of years to be a Raptors fan, let For me sure. tell you. Yeah. Last season was amazing. Yeah. But. Well, I wish you guys all the best with the new single. Check it out. It's streaming everywhere. I want to play. It's also on YouTube as well. If you want to check out the music video, see those taps for real. And yeah. you, oh, by the way, John Angus does a wicked slide. I see you slide in on the ice. On the there. ice, yeah. <laughs> well, we shot it. We shot. I don't know if we talked about the video yet. We shot it oh, in yeah. an empty cops coliseum in Hamilton. So we thought it sort of spoke to the moment to put yeah. on this like epic arena rock video but have zero people in the stands because that's exactly what life is like right now yeah uh so yeah it's, it's a fun watch and it stars uh the late great bob lamwa who passed right. away two weeks after we shot it playing the uh the janitor so yeah. uh rest in peace bob and and yeah check it out awesome john angus from the trues as well uh the whole band everybody's good by the way before we wrap everybody's good yeah they're band, good yeah. man like everybody's in the same boat but we're yeah. we're keeping tabs on each other and and uh trying to stay positive and looking for those bright spots on the horizon which are popping up here and there so i'm getting vaccinated tomorrow so there that's uh oh. that's something to uh look forward to i got vaccinated last week i i got the jab and uh i i kind of got in on a technicality i guess because uh they were like uh, there's a if you're over a certain weight or something i got the fatso clause that's what no but, uh, <laughs> but didn't they lower it to 40 last week like now we're aren't we just old guy claws oh yeah i guess so yeah we yeah, yeah that's how i got in so i, I, I got, got double claws then yeah yeah anyway. i never was i so excited to be a 40 year old <laughs> yeah finally it has some plus yeah exactly yeah. awesome well thank you again and don't forget to subscribe spotify apple podcasts and a thanks to our podcast sponsor and uh, retrocat.ca again use the promo code big chris live chris with a k for ten dollars off and deanblundell.com the little devil sitting on my shoulder dean blundell and our podcast network thanks again john Angus. all right take care What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. 
It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.